a couple of episodes ago, uh, I said that I got bourbon and a kalimba for my birthday. And I promised to let you hear the kalimba and did not do so. So I have fetched the kalimba. Yeah. And I thought I would let you hear. Uh, I am terrible as a, as a forward. <laughs> I am really bad at it. But it does sound really nice no matter what you do. So I guess swings and roundabouts. But it's kind of like a box with metal tangs on it. And you pluck it with your thumbs. So let me just get in here. You getting any of that? Oh, that's beautiful. Very lyrical. So. I think you should give up this video nonsense. <laughs> Musician. Professional kalimbist. Uh, indeed. <laughs> I wonder how many professional kalimbists there are. Kalimbi, is it perhaps? Uh, yeah, one fewer than there needs to be, I think. It's my <laughs> calling. So, are you riding with anything nice today? Uh, today, I've got I've got my eighteen fifty seven pencil actually, um, in, oh. in pure black. Product um, placement. Yes, absolutely. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's nice. I, I think I mentioned before with the the Nero's notes ones that uh, the, you know, they're not black wings. They're, they're not that uh, that quality, but they're really nice little pencils. And obviously for me, it's quite nice to look at Nero's notes. And uh, for us, it's quite nice to look at 1857. They're quite cool. Oh, it's so cool. So I haven't used mine yet, but they arrived the other day. And it was such a fundamentally good experience to look at something and go, huh, that's my podcast. Yeah. I make that. It, there, there's a real sense of satisfaction there. And I know it's, I know it's just a pencil, but... It's really cool to make a podcast for your friend about pencils and then have a pencil about a podcast for your friend. That That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's I like nice, that. isn't it? Um, and so. I say we're, we're selling a few um, and uh, the profit from that will be going into funding our, uh, our, our podcast costs, which is, mm-hmm. I suspect, going to feed into our conversation a little bit later. Um, and... Well, I'm using it in one of my favorite notebooks, which uh, this is my last one, actually. Um, it's my Kindred Spirit from, from Wright Pads, which that was their, ooh, it was their second limited edition. Um, and I, I had a couple, uh, and now I've only got this last one. Um, but I think I've mentioned it before. It's that, that perfect bind, and it's got little sort of, um, mm-hmm. it's a little checkbox sort of column on, on the ruling. Uh, so it's a very organised notebook. I also feel quite organised with this. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm sort of fully equipped up. What about you? What are you using? Uh, so at the minute, I'm still rocking my my corner clutch pencil, uh, the fifty two nineteen, which is a nice yellow one I bought in Prague. But uh, I'm writing primarily in work on a metal aluminium clipboard with a bunch of to dos. Uh, I'm just trying to channel my inner foreman when I when I'm doing tasks. Uh, to feel as if I can stand there, not without a hard hat, but I, I should get one and just kind of tick things off and, and feel official. Mm. Well, you can't beat a metal clipboard. I mean, it sounds very, very formal. Excellent. A metal clipboard, yeah, a metal clipboard with some nice 3M command stick hooks in my office to hang it on the wall mm-hmm. so I can pull it off the wall and look at tasks importantly, like I know what I'm doing. There was uh, there was something I saw today on an email. I can't, I can't remember who it came from, but 
um, there was a, um, it was like a roll of paper uh, attached to the wall, um, mm-hmm. almost like a, a toilet roll, if you'll excuse the, the, the image. Um, but it then, you, you pulled down and there was just a metal bar that came out. So it was like a sort of tear-off to-do list. Oh, yeah. So you can um, make those with a hacksaw blade. Yeah, it was kind of that sort of look and feel, and yeah, it was yeah. um, very aspirational sort of imagery. Uh, you know, my, the famous marooned MacBook, um, the coffee cup, the coaster, <laughs> you know, that that whole yeah. whole look thing. And I looked at it, and I had to stop myself. I was like, "No, Stuart, you, you don't need that." And if you tried to build it yourself, the house would probably collapse. I mean, honestly, hipster Pinterest vibes. Yeah, exactly. And it's the sort of thing that I would try and put up on the wall and I would drill straight into the mains power, throw throw myself across the room, black out the village, you know. I oh uh, no, 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 no. None um, of that. And and given that clearly I have fourteen metric tons of notebooks to go through, I do not need a roll of paper for my to do list. <laughs> yeah. Great in principle, but poor in practice. Mm. I, I think great for the Pinterest. Yeah, um, leave it on Pinterest. Kudos to these people that, that produce these amazing images that even an old cynic like me gets my head turned. Um, <laughs> and what about watching? You watching anything good? Uh, watching and playing. We don't have a playing section, so I thought this would best fit in here. Um, a couple of months ago, I bought myself a Nintendo Switch, uh, and I've been playing Zelda, and it is... Very, very good. I've been playing Zelda for ages, but I Zelda recently got Call back of the Wild, is it? Breath of the Wild, yeah. Breath of the Wild, and that was close. You, that was pretty good. It's uh, it's fantastic. It's a great sort of open sandbox game. Really well thought out. Really, really well designed. I'm not gonna. I'm not a game reviewer. To go and read someone who knows what they're talking about, but I really enjoy it, and it's a really good, relaxing after work thirty minutes. Uh, the world in which it's set is really beautiful. It's really gorgeous. There's no kind of focus on any particular elements. So you don't have to go and fight things. You don't have to go and kill things unless you want to. So you can just explore and do puzzles and things like that. So uh, finding 30 minutes after work tends to be a habit I'm falling into now. And just enough to kind of let my brain disconnect from work. And then I'm ready to to sort of sink into the rest of my day. Yeah, very cool. I, I've only recently sort of rediscovered any gaming. Um, I'm of that age where, you know, I remember Asteroids, the original Pac-Man, um, things that would probably be ancient history to a man like yourself. Um, <laughs> but that was kind of when I started and when I stopped. Um, I think I had a, yeah. a, a brief flirtation with the Nintendo Wii. Um, yeah. yeah, and, yeah. And was I think everybody th- did. Yeah, throwing myself around the living room until I realised that I could sit there and flick my wrist um, and, and basically get the same impact. <laughs> yep. Um, but uh, what did I try the other day? I've, it's kind of quite addictive. It's um, Alto's Adventures. Um, oh. You're essentially a little skier going down a slope uh, and you jump over rocks and elders and it's it's curiously compelling the first one was called alto's adventure and then there's another one called alto's odyssey um and they're very very well pitched games because you don't have to do anything very complicated uh so even those with 
slowing reaction times like me can still play them. Um, and, <laughs> and they have a Zen mode, which sort of just goes on forever. Ah, presumably <laughs> well, these are iOS. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm playing them on uh, iPad or iPhone. Yeah. Oh, very good. Very good. Um, so yeah, that's my little foray into the world of playing. Um, in terms of watching, I haven't been watching anything. I've, I'm still recovering from the disappointment of the bodyguard. Which I, I mentioned in the last episode. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I shall I shall dig out the. Uh, I, well, I won't be watching anything um, next week while I'm in Spain, but um, thereafter, once we're in Cyprus, I'm sure I'll dig out the Netflix and find some nice stuff to watch. Um, what about listening? Anything good going on? Oh, actually, I can see in the show notes there's two words mm-hmm. that mean nothing to me at all. Sydney Boucher. Is a I think it was a New Orleans based jazz. Uh, well, I'm gonna get this wrong. I think he's a flautist. Let me check because I have forgotten. Uh, either way, he plays the blues. Um, and he is quite wonderful. Um, oh, saxophonist, clarinetist, and composer, uh, wow. Sidney Boucher, 19, 1897 to nineteen fifty nine, and uh, very very. Uh, well-regarded jazz soloist and I've been listening to some of his music just in the background because the majority of it is um, sort of just instrumental stuff mm-hmm. but really like proper jazz background jazz really really excellent uh, ability with an instrument unlike my display earlier in the episode and it's just it's really really pleasant to listen to and just have on in the background uh, quite soothing, especially when I'm trying to do work that is quite brain intensive. I don't want lyrics getting in the way, so it's nice to have something just to, to soothe a uh, balm for the mind. And where did you come across him? Uh, I think it actually came up on Spotify, but I'm not. I don't know why the name came up. I think I actually read it when I was reading something else. Um, I think he's been Sydney Vichier was in a lot of different films and he has a lot of links to different films um i can't remember what it is let me see excellent podcasting i just go silent um yeah so that it's mentioned in uh la la land which is the 2016 musical film okay uh, it was in the princess and the frog a uh, curious case of Benjamin Button and Woody Allen. Quite liked oh, right. him as well. So I'd there's a lot of little bits and pieces that I've picked up on. Yeah, but uh, I don't think he was a particularly nice man, uh, judging by the Wikipedia article. Um, but uh, his music is excellent. Very good. I shall. Uh, I shall add that to my Apple Apple playlist. None of this mm-hmm. Spotify nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> Far too complicated. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, well, what am I listening to? Uh, I've. It's the flip side to the last episode. I downloaded some fiction. Uh, so Audible. I've. Um, I've got Dune by Frank Herbert. Don't know if you've read that. That's a sort of sci-fi. Never read standard. it, but it's on the. It's on the list. I know it's a big sort of titan of the sci-fi industry. Yeah. Well, I read it a long time ago. Um, to the extent that I can't remember what happened. So um, <laughs> I imagine that listening to it will be quite good fun. Um, it's got very, very good reviews. Uh, 
winning one hours, I think. Yeah, it's fairly junky. Yeah, it's uh, it's a decent listen, but I haven't I haven't started, so um, I okay. can't really okay. comment. Um, I did listen to a uh, a podcast. It's quite a weird one. We spoke uh, last time about Starling Bank, uh, one of yes. these disruptor banks, and I got a call from Charlotte, who's uh, part of the sort of marketing team, uh, because I'd I'd sent an email into them saying, "Yeah, I really like what you're doing. It's really cool. I'm I'm hoping that um, I can move uh, a lot of my business banking to you." And so uh, she found out to have a chat, and we're talking about maybe doing a profile. Um, they'll send a photographer. Uh, we'll get Claire oh, wow, to cool. get Claire to handle that. I think. Um, but we just had a chat about you know what we're up to at Nero's Notes, and uh, and we got on well. You know, she sounds like a really cool lady. And uh, funnily enough, uh, I said, "Oh yes, well, I, I do a podcast for eighteen fifty-seven." And she went, "Yeah." I said, "Why? Really?" Um, uh, it's the first time I've ever sort of casually met another podcaster if you see what i mean um and <laughs> except that one time in belfast well yeah exactly i mean apart from the one that i podcast with um <laughs> so uh yeah she does one called the figure um which i i heartily recommend people look up um it's uh, her and uh, another british uh, i keep wanting to say girl um that's not fair another british woman um both uh, probably a lot closer to your age than mine, I'd say. But, hello. <laughs> um, uh, but it's an interesting premise. They they talk about uh, a person. They talk about an image. Uh, there's a sort of theme running through each episode. And I just listened to the last episode that they'd recorded, which was um, an interview with Gina Martin, who... Um, uh, American listeners probably won't have heard of, but she has been campaigning vigorously to get the practice of upskirting uh, outlawed. Um, and without getting too graphic, uh, just think about the word. Um, yeah. And it was, I think it was at a music festival that two likely lads, and I use the phrase reservedly, um, decided that it would be a good idea to take a photo of this le- this woman's skirt. Um, and currently in England and Wales, that is not technically illegal. Um, and, well, go on, I'm going to risk being political. Uh, obviously, it bloody should be. Um, yeah. And so they uh, they they talked to this, this woman who um, has, you know, by dint of this has become... Uh, a vigorous activist, um, and it was uh, it was really interesting to listen to. Um, I did feel a little bit, um, uh, was too strong a word, maybe voyeuristic, um, because the 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 women were chatting so naturally and so fast. My God, the words were flying out um, <laughs> that I, I kind of felt like I was eavesdropping, which. Yeah, I think is a compliment. I think that's that's a compliment. I think that's a sign of a very good podcast. If you forget that it's a podcast and you think yeah. you're sitting in the room, yeah. So look it up. Uh, it's called The Figure. Um, you can find oh, okay. it in all good po- podcast engines and probably all bad ones too. Um, uh, and I really enjoyed it. I'm going to listen to some more. And it's it's now on my subscribe list, which is getting longer and longer and longer. <laughs> um, reading uh, again. This was, uh, I think I mentioned uh, in the last episode, you look at the show notes and go, oh, 
wow, I'm not reading anything. Uh, and this was the, um, the fiction side. So I have downloaded a book on the basis of its reviews uh, called The Tattooist of Auschwitz. Um, I've got a feeling it's not going to be a jolly jape. Um, no. But uh, the sort of stuff that I think, uh, you know, a hard read is probably good for the soul now and again. Yeah, I mean, I've, I presume you've been to Auschwitz I have, yeah. Before? Yeah, so have I. And it was one of those ones where uh, I can't say that I enjoyed it because I don't think you ever can enjoy that. But it was deeply moving and incredibly worthwhile. And I, we had to go do something lighthearted for the rest of the day yeah, uh, because it was just heavy, real, real heavy. But I think it's it's incredibly important if you have the opportunity to go and see these things and be aware of where the depths of humanity can go so that it doesn't go there again. Absolutely. I mean, I've been to, curiously, I've been to three uh, concentration camps. So I've been to Buchenwald mm-hmm. um, in what was Eastern Germany. Um, and then I went to Terezin in, in the Czech Republic. Yeah. Um, and, and Auschwitz in Poland. Uh, and they are all uh, moving. They're all terrifying, horrible scary um and i suppose what's even more scary is that there are many many people around who have no idea that this happened Uh, yeah or refuse to believe it yeah not in my lifetime but certainly uh my parents were alive while this was going on you know it's not that long ago no um not at all we can never we can never forget that because it really is some of the imagery i mean you're a filmmaker, so some of that imagery must have hit you like a hammer. Oh, God. Yeah, it is. It's it's heavy. That's the only word for it, right? Mm, sure. uh, regardless of how much you know or how little you know, uh, it is it is not delicate, and, no. and rightly so. so uh, and what about you? Are you reading anything good? Uh, still reading uh, through the medium of sound. Uh, which I find more time for, with the exception of one book, which I'll get to. So I'm still listening to We Are Legion, We Are Bob, which is still excellent. Uh, Also listening to The Magician. I'm trying to mix up where I'm listening to things. And then at night, before I go to bed, I'm trying to read more of Man in the High Castle uh, to try and polish that one off. I'm not that far from the end of it. But I'm trying to have different books for different places. And now that I look at it, distinctly fiction-based at the minute. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I find I get I get more peace from fiction than I do from nonfiction. Nonfiction feels like work sometimes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that I like to have the balance. I like to have of both on the go. And what about drinking? You drinking anything nice? <sighs> yeah. The 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 wet stuff that falls from the sky just, but it comes out of a tap here. Uh-huh. So uh, yeah, just just water. Nothing exciting. <laughs> Uh, well, just just as a service to to my wife, I'm slowly working my way through the booze cabinet. Um, <laughs> just you know, so that we have less stuff to move to to Cyprus. It's 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 a trial. Well, it's a public service, yeah. Mm, yeah, it's it's a heavy burden, but I'm I'm doing the best <laughs> I can. Uh, so yeah, cherry brandy uh, with baby sham, a dash of vodka. Uh, oh no. <laughs> It hasn't got quite that bad yet, but uh, yeah, we you know what the, we call that here? That's called a dirty pint. <laughs> yes, I'm sure it is. <laughs> God bless the Irish and their constitutions. <laughs> um, 
Oh, talking of which, you've had the you've had the Pope over recently. Did you did you pop down and see him in in sunny Dublin? I didn't. Um, not really on my to do list to see the Pope. I mean, far be it for me to say what you should do with your time. Um, seems like a nice enough man. I, I just don't really have any time for any of that stuff. But I know people that did, and they oh. seemed to think it was good crack. So, well, I, um, good. somebody, uh, a friend of mine who lives in in Dublin, sent me. Uh, uh, a clip of the Pope arriving at at some uh, some event community center or something. Yeah, um, and they had dubbed um, what they had dubbed a dub accent over it. So you had um, <laughs> some jovial Irish fella uh, greeting everybody uh, <laughs> as only uh, a jovial Irishman could, uh, just matching the sort of the body language and actions of of the pope and i have to say it, it wasn't very reverent but it was very funny <laughs> it was distinctly blasphemous i'm sure <laughs> yeah i would say so um if, if you were if you're a, a strict catholic you'd probably find it quite offensive give that one uh, give that one a miss yeah but it was it was mostly it was mostly pretty funny um just you know <laughs> I, and i suppose actually for that you know there was a part of it when somebody had handed uh, the Pope, uh, a sort of bouquet of flowers, and the commentary was along the lines of, "What am I going to do with this now? Um, what's this thing? <laughs> what, what exactly do you expect me to do with this?" Um, and sort of, you know, passing it off to aides so that you could continue sort of pressing the flesh and and glad handing and stuff. Very funny. Um, right, parish notices. Oh uh, well, there's we're trucking through these. By the way, this is the I think the fastest. It's speedy, isn't it? Yeah. I, I think it's probably the beer. Um, <laughs> it's it's definitely helping. Yeah, absolutely. I chop, <laughs> I'll tell you, give it another half an hour and I'll be on fire. I'll also probably be asleep, but hey. Um, <laughs> parish yeah. notices? Parish notices, yep. Uh, so nothing new to report. Um, just the uh, the usual slack. There was some, some action going on earlier, um, I noticed. Uh, I didn't mm-hmm. really follow I, it. Yeah, uh, pop in and out. Yeah, no, there's, there's been lots of talk about um, uh, sort of thunder, thunder tracks, I want to say. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, thunder Clyde, Thunder something, some Thunder Buddies. What was it called? <laughs> You've come up with three great album titles, but... <laughs> thunder Space, I think it's called. Oh, there you go. Thunder um, Space app. Yeah, yeah I had a look at that, but you have to buy the app and then and then you buy your storms. Mm, the old double buy. Mm, yeah. Which I thought that sounds like garbage to me. I say I live in England. I can stick a microphone out the window most of the time. <laughs> Need a storm. Uh, what yeah, about you? I mean, the Slack is great. The Slack is really, really good, actually. Um, if you want some behind-the-scenes contextual images and, and snippets and, and chat, that's definitely the place to get it. Because we don't tend to put it out in social media. We do tend to put it out on the the quieter channels where we can actually talk about it. For sure. In terms of parish notices on my end, uh, shameless self-plug. If you want to support my videos, there's a Patreon in the subscription, or not the subscription, there's a Patreon in the description of the podcast. Go and have a look if you're interested, and I'll stop talking about myself now. It's strong stuff, that water. God. Mm, oh, yeah. H2O. All right, so look at that. Here we go. 23, tw- 24 minutes. That's going to be the fastest minutes. we've ever arrived at the main. Speedy Gonzalez, that was quick. We might have to do the whole of the topic. That'll be a first as well. 
Wow. Yeah, we might leave nothing in the show notes, which would be shocking. Good Lord. Heaven, heaven forfend. So do you want to do the, the topic this week? Uh, okay, well, it's your title, uh, which I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to give it my best shot. And uh, it is Jobby Job Pays the Bills. Hobby Job Flexes the Skills. There Excellent work. I, I'm impressed that I managed to get that out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose, I, again, I saw that uh, title and th- it, it fitted in very well with, with where my thought process has been. Um, I'm sure people would notice the last few episodes I've been talking about the various sort of pulls on my time and how to manage my time and my focus. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. that's very much um, where I am purely because I've been, I've been exploring really since, since the jobby job came to a natural hiatus where uh, my business partner and I sold the business. Um, Nero's notes or pocket notebooks as was, uh, was essentially an experiment. Um, it's not as though I have a huge track record in notebooks. Um, <laughs> this podcasting is something that's entirely new to me, not something I've done before. Mm-hmm. Uh, consulting, okay. You know, that's that's pretty much playing back to, to my old strengths. And I've had that company since ooh, 2003. Um, so that's been been knocking around sort of in the background of my my life for a while um but yeah i have i'm in a very very fortunate privileged position where um i haven't needed to have um a strong income line i can i have been able to sort of sit back a bit and say okay well just do a bit of this and a bit of that and 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 see what happens Uh, during that time i've i've written a novel which i then very carefully published uh, to to my top drawer, um, which is <laughs> one of well the, known publication. <laughs> it, it's one of the easier publishing methods. Um, you yeah. don't, need, don't need too many IT skills. Um, you, you press print uh, <laughs> and then you put it in a folder. Shove it in um, the drawer. But uh, you know, all of those things have been, uh, in retrospect, they have been sort of explorations of of you know what I want to do, what lights my fire, what are my passions. Uh, how yeah. do I want to to spend the next chapter of my life, if you like? Um, and having done all of that thinking, um, I've decided to go and live on the beach, uh, <laughs> um, which is intended as a joke. I mean, yes, I am going to go and live near a beach, um, but uh, it has been incredibly useful. I, again, I'm incredibly lucky to have been in that position. Uh, but I'm sort of coming out of that now, and I'm feeling a little bit more um, driven. I feel a need to be more disciplined about what I do, uh, and to sort of narrow that focus a little bit. Um, so you've had I, your sabbatical, mm, is what you're saying? Yeah, I think so. And and you know, the book will will now be published elsewhere. Um, I'm going to sort of spend some time doing all the the nasty editing and all the bits that are hard work, finish it off, get it out there in the world. Uh, I'm going to spend some more time on uh, my hobby job type things like like the yeah. content production, so around my own website. Um, I'm going to be more disciplined about what I do in, in Nero's. Um, and also I'm going to be more disciplined about uh, making the most of my time. So, uh, yeah. you know, Margaret and I are 
going to live somewhere really nice. We're going to go and live somewhere really hot. And the reason behind that is so that we can um, enjoy our lives together, build something, craft a life, if you like. Um, but I, I don't want to allow myself to sleepwalk into that. I want to be quite sort of proactive about making sure that, that we are living the dream. So, um, yeah, it's it's an interesting subject. I, to me, it was fascinating that you brought it up at the time that you brought it up. Yeah, I don't know why. It, it kind of came unbidden into my mind off the back of three pint signs. So. so so, where are you? What are you? What's going on in that head of yours? Because I dare say there's been some thought involved. <laughs> Overthinking as usual. Uh, so every now and again, and with the Patreon and stuff, I, I do the thing of self-doubt. Do I really need to be doing this? Is this any good? Am I garbage? Should I do this? Um, and sometimes I wonder if all my diversions and all my hobby jobs, are they worth the time? Because it's not something that everybody does. There are people, there are friends of mine and colleagues of mine who finish work and then go home. Mm-hmm. And then they don't have to do any work until they're back in work. And it's always been a foreign concept to me since 17 years old or something, about 10 years ago. I've always had something, whether it be a second job or a company or side gig or or distraction piece, whatever it is, I'm always trying to do something as well as whatever makes me money. And every now and again, that self-doubt creeps in the kind of, well, should I just have more free time? Do I want to just do nothing? Because, I mean, you're essentially trading your weekends and weeknights for a thing. And if you don't really want that thing anymore, is it worth giving up that time? And then all these kind of doubts, all these kind of negative feelings kind of coalesce. And then I go, hold on a minute. I really, really like this. I love making podcasts. I love making videos. I love being able to talk at length about pencils with people who care just as much if not more about them than I do that's a wonderful wonderful thing and there are tangible benefits to focusing this time in my life my jobby job one of the primary reasons I got that job was because of pencils so they had seen my work they'd seen the pencil videos it was just something I mentioned at the end of the interview as an aside like I guess I'll just lob this in as well because it's one of those ones that either goes very well or very poorly. You either think you're a weirdo or a weirdo with talent. Um, and I told them about it and explained it. And sort of the role that I do uh, would typically be done by someone in marketing with a marketing background and a marketing degree. Mm-hmm. I don't have that. I have a film and TV degree and lots of experience in marketing, lots of time spent doing marketing-y type things. But a distinctly creative flavor of that. I mean, I've done screen printing, I've done uh, set design, I've done uh, film and TV work, I've done loads and loads of stuff. And they kind of took a little bit of a risk in hiring me for this job because it is a little bit outside of the brief, a little bit outside of the job spec. And the reason they did it is because they saw the pencils. They saw my pencil videos. They said, if you can make pencils that interesting, you can make literally anything interesting. You got the job. Mm. and so there's tangible benefits it has helped me in my life not only whatever improvements to my mood and my attitude and my my workflows 
it's got me jobs. It's got me work. It's made connections. Like I never would have met you had it not been for pencils. I would sure. never have these conversations. I would never have these friendships. So there's there's real tangible benefits outside of money to doing these hobby jobs. And I think that's what keeps me coming back. And that sense of, you, you talked about crafting a life and it's exactly the same thing. Like I, I think about stopping doing the things that I do outside of work, the hobby job aspect. And then I think, well, well then what am I going to do with my, te- like I'm just going to sit and watch television because anybody can watch television. And I, I, I love a good bit of TV, but I'd rather fit in the TV than fit in the stuff I'm passionate about. Sure. And I think um, the, what unlocks it for me is, uh, now brace yourself, it's a big word, uh, profundity. The mm-hmm. much of what's available to do sort of outside of, you know, the, the nine to five or, you know, that the main job, the jobby job. Yeah. Uh, is incredibly superficial. So you can watch TV. Um, if you want, you can go to the cinema. Um, or you can do what increasingly everybody else does and stare at a screen. Um, whether that be a, a <laughs> social media on social thing. media. Yeah, a social media <laughs> thing, games, whatever. whatever. All of those things. Which, Burn your Nikes in the garden. Burn and film yourself burning your Nikes <laughs> in the garden. Um, you know, all of those things. Uh, don't get me wrong i i do some of them um i have a a weird relationship with social media as as I, most people will now know i think everybody does yeah but it it becomes very very superficial and you get into a whole range of conversations and activities that are just you know just skimming along the surface of something and yeah. you dip in and out you can you can do it with any 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 of these things you can dip into social media and you can get into all sorts of discussions about all sorts of things. If you're in the States, it's going to be about, you know, uh, pro-Trump or anti-Trump. If you're in uh, the UK, it's going to be pro-Brexit or anti-Brexit. Yeah. All of those sort of things, everybody's skipping along and, and shouting, sort of not even at each other, just just shouting. Into the void. Um, and, and getting, you know, I, I, I genuinely angry and upset and stressing themselves and... and and you just go on and you just keep doing all of that stuff. Um, yeah. Or you start developing passions, hobbies, uh, things that, that you do get. And they can be anything. They can be sport. You know, if you look at the the camaraderie that people have uh, that play sport, you know, week in, week out, they go and play five-a-side football or, you know, tennis or whatever it is that floats their boat. Um, there's something deeper about that. There's some real exploration of friendship of um of relationships of of how the world relates to itself mm-hmm. that you don't get through screens you know and and that might just be a simple thing because there's more senses involved or because there's actual human contact involved i, I don't know it's way above my pay grade um but that sort of passion is what i think ignites people and makes them more interesting um it's it, what makes me more interesting um, in that you can get lost in something, you can discover things about yourself, you can discover things about others, you can discover things about the world. And that on its own makes it a worthwhile. Where I think um, one, i.e. you, me, has to be careful is if you attempt to make a hobby a hobby job, Mm-hmm. you risk losing some of that positivity 
and loading it with all sorts of judgment and negativity um, and guilt. Um, And so part of where I am is that all of my, my jobs are hobby jobs. Now I don't make a cent out of Nero's notes. I've, I've put a lot into Nero's notes and given that this is a public podcast and my wife may at one stage listen to it, I'm certainly not going to say the amount. But <laughs> there is a chunk of cash that I've put into this business. It's not coming out to me. I'm hopeful that one day it will. Uh, and if it does, it'll be because I've done the right things. And if it doesn't, it's my own fault. You know, I'm not casting aspersions on anyone else. But it has been an indulgence. And likewise, the other things that I spend my time on, uh, my own website, uh, this podcast, um, my golf Okay, a slightly different thing, but none of those things actually produce an income for me. Mm-hmm. Now, some of them may do in the future. And, you know, we've spoken before about, about you know, how we see 1857 and, you know, are we going to go looking for advertising and all that sort of stuff. And, I, you know, I don't think that's particularly changed. And one of the things that's nice about 1857 is that I'm not desperately worried about it making money. So I'm not judging it. And saying, "Well, come on, TJ, we've got to make a, you know, make a few more dollars. We've got to do this. We've got to do that." It's yeah. not becoming a job. It's not becoming work. Um, we both believe in it, and we're both passionate about it, and we both don't want to let people down. So, you know, if we say we're going to put one out each Monday, then we we work really hard to put one out each Monday. And if that yeah. involves you know sacrificing some other things, then we do it. But if we were, you know. If we were sitting down and saying, okay, right, I'm going to go out and sell advertising for this. And, oh, Stuart, you haven't sold any advertising. You know, how are we going to fund this? How are we going to do this? You run the risk of pulling some of the pleasure and some of the joy out of it. Um, but at the same time, you know, uh, you know, we both have responsibilities. We both have lives. And we have to start looking at how our time is spent. And I think I wrote down somewhere here, the you know, time is a resource like any other. And mm-hmm. if you're putting it in one place, then you're not putting it somewhere else. Um, and that can have all sorts of impact uh, across your life. And like I say, I'm just moving to a place now where I'm thinking, okay, I need to look very carefully at where I spend my time, what return I get on that time uh, and how it works. And that's not a, a negative thing. I, think I see it as a very positive thing. Um, and it's how I how I apply my time to these various things that I'm doing and what sort of targets I set myself. You know, do do I look for hobby job one to produce an income and hobby job two just to become a hobby? Or do I say, yeah. okay, both can roll along doing what they want to do and you see what happens? Uh, because then you get into conversations about focus and about time. Uh, you know, we all need to sleep. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, I don't know. They say that's what, you know, staves off Alzheimer's and all of that stuff is got to get some sleep. Hmm. I mean, I mean ha- if I didn't, if I didn't have to sleep, I could get a heck of a lot more done. But at the same time, <laughs> see, I've always found it as a complete tangent from the episode, just to continue on that, in that vein. Um, sleep has always been something I kind of begrudge because I tend to start working better the later it gets. Mm-hmm. And so once we get to about, like, what are we, 10 o'clock right now? Mm-hmm. Um, 
I could sit down and blast through five or six things, but I start getting tired and then start making mistakes. So I'm very creative, but also not very careful. Uh, so it's not a it's not a great time to do work, but it is a good time to, to throw things down. Um, and if I didn't have to sleep, I could get so much done, but then I think I'd probably just get bored and end up playing Zelda through the night. So I suppose it's probably better that I have to sleep. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I again, as you say, it's a different episode, but it's um, discovering how your own body clock works and, and the various elements of your body clock works. I mean, there's a reason that I'm up at five. It's not because I've read somewhere that it's great to be up at five. Um, it's because I wake up. And it's because once I'm awake, for reasons best known to itself, um, my mind very quickly goes from first into second, into third, into fourth. And I can have 90% of what I will achieve in the day can be done by 9.30. Because I am just which sets you up. Yeah, I'm just on fire in the morning. Um, I can plow through big lists. I can swallow those frogs. You know the, the nasty tasks that you want to avoid. I can do that. But if you present me with one of those, you know, just after lunch, not a chance. That's where I can, you know, power browse Facebook and. <laughs> uh, watch the crap out of some youtube videos exactly you know it suddenly <laughs> develop a passion for test match cricket you know the i can find a million and one ways to procrastinate uh, at that time of day and all, all that's happened as i've become um uh, an old and not terribly wise fellow is that i realize there's no point in me trying to be uber productive uh in the early afternoon there's no point in me trying to write um inspiring content or copy um, <laughs> because I'm just no good at it. Um, in the morning, I can do it. And actually, uh, in the evening, I can do it. I suppose there's some sort of you know, energy resurgence or uh, either or it's alcohol-fueled, one of the two. Um, one of the two. And just learning to adapt my working practice to that. And, you know, in the afternoon is when I do the, the stuff that you have to do. Um, you know, yourself, if you're running a business, then there's all sorts of bits and pieces that do not um, turn you on, but have to be done. So the governs. Yeah, that's when invoices get sent and you know chased yep. and uh, book bookkeeping gets done, all that sort of jazz. Um, but yeah, I, I I think there is a danger of putting too much pressure on yourself, and that's the danger of things like the Patreon um, and monetizing yeah. hobbies yeah. because you can suddenly turn them into chores. And um, that's a really fast way of sort of banging the passion out. Um, and the other thing is, I think, probably people who've got whatever affliction it is that we suffer from that makes us do this, um, perhaps have a tendency to undervalue the importance of the rest of our lives. Um, yes. I'm not suggesting that our significant others are hobbies, but I am suggesting that they do need time and they do need attention yeah and you know i'm i'm conscious that my wife is sitting the other side of a wall probably looking at social media uh would be my guess um and okay she's got the dog there but you know i'm talking to you i'm not talking to her so yeah um i think i think sorry we have to be conscious about where we invest um our time and a little bit of imposter syndrome, which is, I think, what you were alluding to earlier, um, 
I have never, ever met an entrepreneur who didn't have it. Yeah. I've met several who you wouldn't believe had it. Uh, one of whom I was in business with, and it took me a long time to realize that a lot of what I was seeing was bravado and that he was feeling the same doubts, uh, insecurities that, that you were just sort of alluding to. It, it is part of the, the affliction. You, um, or I sit there thinking, you know, am I ever going to get project A to the point where, um, is it because I'm just not actually as good at this as I pretend to be or as yeah. I think I am? Um, is it that I've misread uh, the market that, you know, nobody wants pencils or notebooks or whatever it might be, <laughs> or that, you know, there's 30 customers out there that want lots of them, but even they get to the point where they can't buy anymore. Yeah. You know, and, you know, all of those, I think, are perfectly natural. Uh, no, that's not fair. They're not perfectly natural. It's completely illogical, but it does seem to be universal. <laughs> yeah. And I think one of the important things to remember is that not every hobby has to be a job. You can just do something that is a distraction, that mm -hmm. is enjoyable, and has absolutely no payoff. And I, 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 you do golf. I say anybody who's seen me play golf <laughs> would be relieved to hear that. <laughs> Tiger Woods can... Uh, Stay safe. For he, can, he can rest easy, indeed. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's something that I've struggled with for the longest time, because I easily arouse my curiosity and fascinated by detail and, and interesting things and 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 shiny baubles, and we'll go and look and research and get very very interesting things. Not everything needs a business plan, you know. No, nope. uh, one of the things I've been watching a lot of the recently is uh miniatures mm -hmm. so there's a couple of people that make like tiny dioramas or miniature train sets or miniature ships or boats or skyscrapers or whatever and they're crafting them out of styrene and paper and wood and all these things and painting them and crafting these incredible miniatures and i watched this and thought huh i have no idea how to make money with that and that's okay because mm -hmm. it looks like fun yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I think the uh, Lego is is another example yeah. where there is some sort of weird. Well, I don't know if it's weird, but yeah, it it doesn't seem very entrepreneurial for you and I to say, okay, well, you know, what did you think of of Mike and Brad's podcast where they're making a Lego set? And, <laughs> you know, okay, maybe they have found a way to monetize it. I don't know. Perhaps that was it. Um, <laughs> But, you know, so, yeah. you, you get the feeling that, that activities like that are pure hobbies. And, I, you know, now that you mentioned it, it's, you know, I, I can think of friends who are miniature soldiers, you know, and they set yeah. up, you know, recreate battle scenes with these. I mean, they're not lead anymore, but, you know, these tiny little soldiers where you've got, you know, Wellington's army over here and Napoleon's Grand Armée over there and the, the guard there. And, and they recreate authentically how... It was believed to have taken place and stuff. And, and you know, they take a massive amount of pleasure in that. And it never occurs to them to try and monetize that. I think it's a YouTube generation thing, right? YouTube has brought about a generation of people who think that if they're interested in something, 
they can make a YouTube channel about it and it'll be a business. And I am a prime example of exactly that. Hmm. And it's worked to a certain degree, but more, I, I value the community over the money-making aspect of it. But there are people who go, okay, I like X. How can X be money-making? I will make videos on YouTube talking about this. And that's why you've got people who make videos about Fortnite or videos about pff, skateboarding or... 3D printing, it doesn't matter what you're interested in. There are people making money by talking about it. Mm -hmm. And YouTube is kind of taking hobbies and made them into jobs. And so it's sometimes difficult to disentangle the idea that something can be done for fun rather than profit. And maybe it costs you money to do it, but it gives you enjoyment and gives you relaxation. And you definitely, once you monetize it, once you turn it into a hobby job, you lose some of the initial joy. Uh, maybe you gain something deeper, but sometimes you lose something that attracted you in the beginning. Sure. And I mean, ultimately, uh, I suppose, yeah, this is generational again, because to my generation, uh, YouTube is a massive scam perpetrated by Google upon your generation. <laughs> yeah. Where... God, Not only do they get all of your data for nothing, um, but if you do make anything good, the first 99 cents uh, and on the dollar go to them, and then they'll they'll fling one at you. Yeah, YouTube's algorithms. Mm, yeah, it's another episode in itself. I've been playing <laughs> a whole bunch. I, if I could burn YouTube's shoes on the internet, I might... <laughs> Yeah, but again, it is that it's that incredible dichotomy of uh, of tech where um, all of this, you know, uh, Margaret wouldn't understand me when I said, "Look, you are giving all of your data to these people, whether it be Google or Apple or anybody. I'm not picking on anybody. Yeah. Um, if they're giving you free stuff, it's because it's not free. It's because you're paying for it with with data." You're the product. Yeah, and people just go, well, you know, it's great that, you know, Google says, do you realize you're next to your favorite chain restaurant when you, because location services pick up that you're here or there. Um, and, you know, there is an, an undeniable convenience to that, that the services that you're being pushed and provided are probably more what you would be looking for. Mm -hmm. Whether there's a real tangible benefit to you, I would maybe argue, but it certainly feels like a benefit. Yeah. And if you don't actually see the cost because you're unaware that your preferences are being sold to company A for £50 and that there might be you know, 50 company A's and therefore we're talking about Two and a half thousand pounds, twenty-five thousand pounds, two hundred fifty thousand pounds. That's essentially your data that the money is being made by someone else. Then you know it, it seems fairly harmless and innocuous. Um, yeah. And when I look at YouTube and the way that it works, and I was listening to again somebody else on a podcast saying, "Well, if you don't upload for a couple of weeks, then you will find yourself sort of you know downgraded, and you will see." Uh, every time you log on, you'll see this sort of sea of red numbers of where, you know, your yep. your, your post, your engagements, your everything is down, 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 and it's this you know incredible psychological pressure to get you producing again and giving Google more data and more hits and attracting more people to their advertising model. You know, it's very, very clever. 
And that's why I, I said with, um, I mean, I'm at the moment with my website, I'm looking at, at monetizing that. And um, I'm not, I don't think I'm monetizing it for the money, which sounds a little bit weird. Um, but <laughs> And somewhat counterintuitive. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's more about the engagement, actually. It's, it's more about creating a platform or sorry, creating a community on your own platform, not someone else's. Yeah. So, yes. um, you know, for example, with 1857, we say to people, look, if you want to be on the Slack, just drop us a note. And that's not a monetization, but what it does mean is that there's a, a closed group of people, presumably in some way like-minded, uh, talking yes. about various things. And that's kind of what you're doing when you, when you, on a blog, which is an old-fashioned thing. It's something that people used to do before YouTube. Um, what? What's that? Yes, I had a bizarre, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but that's what you're doing there. If you sort of close that off and say, you know, there's going to be an element of this, whether it be a newsletter or a Slack channel or, um, or uh, premium content that is available to you guys because you've signed up. Uh, now, that can be a, uh, a sign-up without money or it can be a sign-up with money, but the sign up without money has no real value in more way than yeah. one. You know, for somebody to say, I will give you a dollar so that I can participate in this is a commitment from them, which is largely Yeah, so different. they're more likely to participate? Yeah, it's largely different from, you know, getting 10 people and 200 bots. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if anybody in Twitter is listening, but this is why things have started going wrong for you because nobody is committed into that in in any way other than for the sort of shallow unengaged nastiness the nobody's committed to twitter they might I be had a really interesting addicted to it yeah i was in a social media training uh session last week mm -hmm. and the thing that stuck with me most was someone asked about twitter it's like oh should we be on twitter should we be doing this stuff on twitter and the person who's very, very knowledgeable, and I trust them implicitly, said something that completely threw me. And he said, well, Twitter's more of a customer service platform now. Mm -hmm. And my initial reaction was, no, it's not. And then my second reaction was, of course it is. That's exactly what it is now. And that's such a weird concept. Once you frame it in that perspective, it makes total sense. It, I mean, its function is basically moaning and then reciprocation. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's partially true. Um, but to me, what fascinates me when I hear people talking about Twitter uh, or, or even about Facebook is both the strength of both of those platforms is that it's exactly what you want it to be. And yeah. if you're unhappy with it, then you're not doing it right. So... Um, uh, you know, I think I've mentioned before, there there are some people, uh, or there certainly were some people in my Twitter feed, they were very shrill. Um, and, you know, whether they be pro-Trump or anti-Trump is, in this example, is largely irrelevant. They're just very shrill. Yeah. And it's that that I find objectionable. And if I do find it objectionable, then all I have to do is, you can now mute these people. Um, or you can you know, just unfollow them. <laughs> and so they don't appear in your feed anymore. 
now, problem solved. Fine, you will have Twitter throwing sort of, you know, uh, suggested posts at you and advertising and all of that stuff. Okay, fine, they're, they're trying to make money. We understand that's how it works. Um, but if uh, the phrase you hear on, on all the American podcasters, is, you know, Twitter is such a dumpster fire. Well, <laughs> you're following the wrong people, surely. You made that fire. Exactly. You the petrol in. If you don't want to hear about if you don't want to hear about that, put a put a mute on the word Trump or, you know, put a mute on the word Brexit or, you know, right. whatever it might be. Let me find there is one account that you should follow. If you want to fix your Twitter, um I have one account that will fix it 100%. So all you need to do is go onto your Twitter, unfollow everyone okay. except at dog underscore rates oh yeah, yeah, yeah i've seen that one yeah and then your day will be infinitely better and, and they just rate dogs and and that's what what mystifies me i mean i don't mind a little bit of dumpster fire in my twitter um unless i've been unless wine has been taken in which case i stay away from all social media <laughs> um <laughs> lest i be drawn i've i've been i've been drawn into uh firefights once or twice and it never ends well um but i don't mind uh there are some people i follow who i disagree almost with every word including prepositions that they come out with um <laughs> but i'm interested to see what they're talking about i'm interested to see what the reaction is like to the various views that are being thrown about because what what does happen on social media or it appears to me happens on social media is that everybody gets polarized and so yeah. everything is you know absolute the 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 entire debate in the world is um is binary but yeah it's uh twitter facebook all the all the debates that that i see on these things do seem so very very binary and you know there, there are all sorts of people as i say on both sides of the arguments uh even the people that are on the same side as me i read their stuff and i think well, what are you trying to do are you trying to antagonize people or are you trying to promote conversation Almost certainly and if people are trying to antagonize each other, then they shouldn't be overly surprised when they succeed, surely. <laughs> yeah. Shakar, the thing you tried to do worked. Yeah. And, you know, people people occasionally I get sort of messages saying, you know, uh, you haven't commented on, on my, my you know, diatribe, basically. I'm like, well, it's your view. That's great. Um, I don't have a comment to make on it. And people try, you know, if you, if you don't bite, they'll try and draw you in. Um, and I, I don't understand that. That, to me, is a hobby. I find uh, it's funny, unfathomable how people can lose so much time on these things, uh, because it, it still strikes me as 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 what you do instead of doing something. Um, yeah, it very much is a distraction. I think you know, if if you don't believe in one political party or another, then you know, agitate for change, but. Just shouting at other people on Twitter is not going to make things change. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not going to work. It's, you know, if I wandered out into the middle of the street and started shouting at people, it's not going to make change either. It'd probably get me punched in the hooter. But what we're doing wrong, Stu, is we're just not burning enough shoes. <laughs> just not nearly enough shoes on fire. Well, indeed, you know, and I, you know, I, I suppose the obvious thing is that. 
you know, having burnt those Nike shoes, are you going to go out and buy another pair? Yeah, of another brand. Yeah, or, or are you actually just going to go and buy the Nikes again because you like them? And that that's what will affect change, certainly in a commercial sort of scenarios. If you stop stop buying Nike, then Nike will think hmm, that wasn't a great advertising campaign. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I get the impression those guys know what they're doing. They strike me I as think, quite knowledgeable folk. Yeah, but also, I mean, I'm glad they took a stand. I'm saying nothing about the actual issue. Mm-hmm. I'm not qualified to talk about it, but I'd rather they took a stand than they uh, did something bland and mediocre and half-assed it. Better to be polarizing and remembered than meek and forgotten. Are you sure? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. If you're going to go in, go in, uh, or stay away. And that was the the decision that I finally made about um, about Nero's notes was that I just wasn't going to get into it. I wasn't going to do the political stuff. Um, I have political views. Uh, I have my own Twitter account. I have my own uh, sort of social media presence and, and personality, and, and that's me. Nero's notes is different. Um, He's a miniature schnauzer. He doesn't have very strong political views. He's quite interested <laughs> in walking. He's a big fan of treats. More dog bones. Uh, but, but that's kind <laughs> of it. Um, but yeah, I suppose for someone like Nike, who I suppose has a bit of a history of uh, social engagement in a slightly more political way, then fine. They, they, they've, as you say, they've made their point. Um, and plenty of people are making their point back. Although I haven't actually seen this for myself, I must go and have a look after after we finish up. And so some flaming, flaming kicks, yeah, fl- flaming trainers. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, how are you feeling about the the hobby job? Are you, are you able? Do you think to sort of put it into a time slot where it's not going to become a drag and it's not going to? I think so. I mean, I look at I look at my videos as my life's work. It's the things that I'm building because I want to build them. Uh, and I I don't know how to go forward without making something. Like I I have to create. It's just fundamental to who I am, and I enjoy it. It's it's very very enjoyable for me to to create something, craft something. It's more a logistical issue of timing than an issue an issue of motivation, and so it is at the moment. I'm trying to 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 carve out that space, and find the time and make sure that I'm dedicating equal parts to the things I find important. Mm-hmm. And part of that's part of that's just being organized, you know, making the time and setting the time aside and then following up on it. So it's a process. And it's one that I was very bad at about a year ago. I'm poor at now. And in about 12 months, I hope to be better. Yeah, sure. And as we've covered a couple of times, there's all sorts of lifey stuff that gets in the way you know location yeah, oh, life and, will always always find a way to get in the way for sure and it it should i mean if you didn't have a life then what's the point you're not just a robot you're not here to just push the buttons indeed and that's you know that's where the uh he's just desperately reaching for the title that's where hobby job two comes in is <laughs> is uh motivation <laughs> You know, why do we do what we do, whatever that might be? Yeah. Um, and that's really easy to forget, particularly if you're um, 
doing the whole sort of multi-gig thing like like you and I are attempting to do, mm-hmm. um, you can get really, really good at, at utilizing your time, having everything optimized, then look around and find that uh, your life's empty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you've optimized everything out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you've discovered that you've got no time for any relationships and no time for any spending money. Um, so you're now slowly building a bank account that will ultimately go to the tax man. And, and that's just to end on a happy note. Absolutely. There we go. <laughs> and on that happy note, Stuart went and cracked a bottle of wine. Uh, no, it's, uh, these, these are the things that have been exercising me for, uh, for a few months now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I actually feel like I kind of know where I'm going with it. Um, good, but it's, okay. uh, it is, uh, there's an amazing amount of resource out there, um, that will send you the wrong direction. In my opinion. Or just every different direction. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Um, you, uh, you know, if you're doing what I'm doing, reading all the productivity books that are out there with some, you know, very smart people running really smart stuff. Uh, and you'll get some of them telling you, I mean, it was it Ferris was the, the four hour work week. Um, yeah. there's, you know, uh, um, uh, the get things Seven done habits of highly effective people oh, all yeah. those kind of things yeah all of that stuff where you know there's some people explaining to you how um you can listen to a podcast um do your run and take the dog out all at the same time and therefore save yourself an extra two hours because you've multitasked everything which you can use that time yeah, then be- to do this and do that and um the key is doing everything really, really fast and really, really badly at the same time. And, it, yep. and then you have plenty of time to do other things mediocrely as well. Exactly. If you're really struggling, just have a nice shower and that'll fix that. It's <laughs> you know, the, the, an enormous amount of stuff that goes on uh, and advice that comes in. It's, I think you have to find your own way and you have to find out what floats your boat and what makes you. And this brings us back to where we started. What, what allows you to sleep well? Because if you're yeah. sleeping well, you're kind of probably right. Your your, your body and your brain, uh, they do give you signals. They, they do say to you, you're doing stuff right. And part of that is if you sleep well. If you're not sleeping well, yeah. something's not quite right. And it could be in any part of your life. And that is based on several years of medical stuff. No, it's not. That's just me guessing. But um, <laughs> I find that if I'm sleeping well, it's uh, it's an indicator that I'm getting stuff right. If I'm not sleeping well, and this has to be seen in the context that I am, uh, I'm military-esque in my sleep, as in I can sit down anywhere or even stand up anywhere and go to sleep instantly if I so desire. <laughs> I'm, I'm not someone who traditionally has trouble sleeping. So if I am finding myself, you know, tossing and turning, something is up uh, and... Yeah. Uh, I'm married, so I get a full match report on my night's sleep. <laughs> Margaret will play by play. Yeah, she will explain to me that that things are. I mean, apparently, I grind my teeth. I do all sorts when I'm when I'm uh, fussing over something in my mind. My subconscious gets very physical about the whole thing, uh, which you know, to me, is fascinating. It's it's brilliant that Margaret can look at me sleeping and know what my mental state is like, which <laughs> in itself is quite scary, I suppose. <laughs> so I think we've now gotten to the stage where we're going to need a hobby jobby job 
<laughs> two. A jobby hobby job. A jobby hobby jobby job two or something. Some sort of sequel summary. Yeah, we will. And this is another one for me to, to have to make a note of, which I'm now going to do with my very dashing 1857 pencil. Available now at nearestnotes.co.uk. Um, this is where the flashing title card comes up and just flashes absolutely. people's face. Bye, 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 bye. Big pop-up. Big pop-up. Buy a pencil now! Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, how many jobs? Yeah, cool. It's, I, it is interesting, particularly to talk about your hobby job when you're doing your hobby job. Yeah, on the hobby job. Hobby job. <laughs> yeah. um, all I need to do now is, uh, is start doing And perhaps I can do it standing up, practicing my putting. And that, that'll yeah. be another hobby that's... Uh, brought into it, which I'll be able to do because I can have a standing setup when I get to Cyprus. Um, you can get one of those executive uh, golf hole things from the 80s that mm-hmm. everyone had. Yeah, definitely. Or, or just a mug, a mug on its side. That was the other thing people used. Yeah, you just have a little carpet because the floor is is actually stone. That, that'd be quite difficult to put on. You see, I'm actually considering it now. Stop it. <laughs> Right, so we call it a day? I was going to say before before night becomes morning, I will say, I've been Stuart Lennon, and I've been TJ Cosgrove. Remember to make the past, the present, in the future. This was eighteen fifty seven. <laughs>